welcome to Defen episode number 35. Uh today we are going to speak with our very special guest from Germany, right? Thomas? Germany, right? Yes. So we have Thomas um, Heller from Germany. Hello. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So a uh, quick introductions. This is Vijay from Holland and uh um, from sunny Belgium. And Thomas from Oldenburg, Germany. Okay. Which city uh sorry, which city is that again? Oldenburg. Oldenburg. Oldenburg It's like yeah. Old Bridge. Uh, uh Old Castle if you translate it. Old Castle. It. Oh, yeah. okay. oh, Burg. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's next hmm. to Bremen, so it's northern Germany. Okay. Uh I think I was only in uh bigger cities like Frankfurt, Bre- uh, Bremen, uh Hamburg. Yeah, Hamburg, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, uh this is episode number 35 and uh thanks a lot for joining us. Um so let's get started. Uh can you give us some uh introduction about yourself? Like how did you get into closure and what are you doing these days and we'll get into other projects soon. Sure. Um well, I'm a self-employed uh independent programmer, have been for 20 years about uh about that. uh have been doing web development since uh can't remember when 1998 or something uh internet explorer four days <laughs> and um yeah i i uh, usually j- jump between languages every few years and then i think six years ago i uh, looked at closure and um experimented with closure um and really liked it so by stack with it i guess but closure as in a closure backend or uh, how how did you get start i mean what um, kind of applications were you building in closure uh i i looked at it when closure script was announced the, mm-hmm. the initial announcement and um i never used a lisp before so it looked totally alien mm. i couldn't make sense <laughs> of any of it uh, but the idea sounded good and mm-hmm. uh, i i have been uh a java developer for for many years so i knew the jvm and i uh, liked the jvm yeah. um, and i was doing ruby at the time and i hated ruby because scaling is uh, was really annoying <laughs> yeah. and i always wanted to go back to the jvm um so uh, closure was nice and the the promise of closure script uh, the promise of having the same language on the server and on the, as you have on the client uh seemed too good to be true <laughs> and so i tried it several times i failed for a year i think mm-hmm. uh until it finally clicked and made sense to, so i could use it and um i had several projects at the time mm-hmm. and uh the way i do uh, experiment with the languages is i have a running project uh, that was a ruby, ruby project and um i wrote it in closure just to to just to have a comparison hmm. uh and at the time i only did the server side so no closure script yet um just to compare how much code it is how easy it was to maintain uh, how it worked uh, was it faster was it slower and um yeah that's how i got into closure and closure script um was only the initial um just before you push, go on Thomas what what was your conclusions when you were doing the server side stuff with um closure and ruby how did that how did that shoot out work out for you uh all the headaches i had with ruby 
went away. <laughs> I was back on the JVM, so I liked that. And it was overall quite a bit faster and much less pain involved because at the time the Ruby, Ruby project uh, was running into uh, scaling issues. And uh, since Ruby doesn't do threading very well, mm. uh, you do the usual, or, or the, back in the day, you had uh, Unicorn mm. uh, yeah. and many, very many workers that couldn't share memory. So you had to talk to Redis or Memcache or um, a database. And um, so, yeah, constantly going between all the workers and never having having shared memory and uh, all that stuff made it really annoying to work with. Was this with it, it um, all, Rails or with Sinatra? That was uh, Rails. Okay. The pure Rails. Can't remember which version, but an old one. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just annoying and uh, seemed unnecessary since I knew the JVM, I knew Java. I knew what you can do with one machine with, mm -hmm. the, with the JVM, how much faster this used to be. <laughs> and then Ruby was just slow. And I always like optimizing things. So Ruby just got in the way and had to go. Yeah, but it was a nice language compared to Java Ruby, of course. But, but I don't hate Java. No, I, no, I, no. I, <laughs> I, I hate the Java uh, enterprise world. So all the patterns and uh, hmm. factories and whatever hmm. um, but you don't have to do that you can do uh, write pretty simple java code that still works hmm. and looks okay hmm. and um, what i liked about um, uh, ruby was easier templating since the, yeah. the yeah. language was much more dynamic Uh, you could do templates way easier. Mm, yeah. And I never liked the template solutions for for Java. They all sucked. <laughs> yeah, I think we had like free marker and velocity, a couple of other mm. things. Is that kind of template that you're talking yes, about? Yes. Like ERB and, yeah. and Ruby and uh, yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, then uh, in, I guess the, the first uh, template uh, language that I used was ERB, but then yeah. you got uh, Hamel, which yeah, had yeah. indentation-based syntax, mm -hmm. and that just felt nice since you had just just had to type less. Yeah. So, so yeah, on yeah. the on the closure side, were you using Hiccup or was it um, something else back in the day? Hiccup, yeah. Because yeah. mm -hmm. that seems so. You so you entered. Go on, Vijay. So you entered the uh, closure world right when closure script was announced. Uh, no, a year hmm. after. So I I, okay. I looked at it when ClojureScript wa uh, was announced, yeah. and I tried using it. I I, I yeah. failed several times. Yeah, the first one, <laughs> because I never used Lisp before. I couldn't get used to the parents, yeah. and uh, edi editing is uh, was just a nightmare. Uh, the yeah. balancing the parentheses was annoying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I had I I was using um. Textmate at the time. Textmate, yes. I mean, Ruby and, people are textmate. You know, this is like the yeah. I I, uh, <laughs> I used Vim before that, and yeah, uh, I, I it doesn't have good uh, closure or Lisp support, and um, I I had to I had to learn Emacs because of PyEdit because every, <laughs> everyone was saying learn PyEdit, learn PyEdit, yeah. and I failed so many times. <laughs> it was just frustrating. <laughs> And uh, just keep pinging, uh, pinging at me. Yeah. And um, yeah, then after several attempts and several failures, I finally understood 
par edit and then mm -hmm. uh, I learned enough of the key bindings to make it work yep. and then everything clicked and then yep. it, you, I just can't go back I can't do it without anymore <laughs> so obviously Emacs is the thing and then no no, 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 no cursive <laughs> 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 I never could get get used to Emacs one for the <laughs> one for the cursive team there okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, But is it, you is straighten it, is um, a very smart guy, Thomas, actually. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> very pragmatic. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So, so just to be quick, so going back, so the, like the nice thing about Ruby on Rails, obviously, was that Ruby made web 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 applications quite easy. Add all the kind of database integration, etc. Um, difficult to scale, as you say, but you know, there's plenty to like about it. Um, And when you came to the closure side, you know, after all the parents were balanced, et cetera, what, what, what were the kind of things that you liked about the closure side that, that kind of kept well, the, you there? The, you know? uh, what pushed me towards closure was closure script. I, oh, okay. um, uh, because having the same language on the, uh, on the client as on the server was the ultimate goal. Right. I, I, I have been doing JavaScript since 1998 or, some, uh, yeah. 1998 or something. So very long time. And I always had two languages. I I I never did JavaScript on the server, so I always had uh, Perl, PHP, uh, Ruby, Java, Python, uh, Erlang, very many different languages. But the 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 thing that stuck with me was JavaScript. I always had to do JavaScript. Always had a second language. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And um, so you always did this. Uh, had to do this. A mental context uh, switches between the languages and uh, the translation of the data. So mm -hmm. you always had to, in uh, in Java or in, in, in Ruby, uh, converting to JSON, the, the Ruby objects to JSON, mm -hmm. and uh, then inventing special languages, special syntax for dates and all that stuff mm -hmm. yeah. was just annoying. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. when I read about uh, um, ClojureScript, or tried ClojureScript, um, I saw that it is possible to use the same language on the uh, server as on the client and uh, just transfer data around it without thinking about it. Mm. You, you, mm. Get, you get the same data uh, you use on the server, you get it on the client, and you don't have all this conversion crap going mm. on. Mm. And uh, that was just the ultimate selling point for me. But what kind of typical? Uh, what is an example of a typical application that that you that you are building? Uh, varies, but uh, mm -hmm. typical uh, websites yeah. for uh, a small to medium-sized website, yeah. uh, where uh, so uh, CMS systems, mm -hmm. content management, yeah. uh, with uh, shop systems, all this. Mm. Okay. Anything okay. web, really. <laughs> okay. Nice. So you you learn different kinds of languages, but uh, obviously, I mean, if you see your experience, you you worked from mostly non-functional languages, if I understand correctly. I uh, before I Except came to Closure, yeah. uh, I looked at Erlang pretty extensive, uh, extensively. Yeah, and uh, I absolutely love it, but mm -hmm. it's not usable for the stuff I'm doing. <laughs> okay. um, but uh, yeah, functional was Erlang was the first, mm -hmm. and then Closure. Okay. And and did you take it uh, take a look at uh, Phoenix or Elixir Phoenix things as well? I did, I think, but yeah. I like I liked Erlang already. Why why would yeah. I use them? So. <laughs> okay. 
because that was the idea right i mean the, at least there was the push for because there there is some meta programming stuff in elixir that is not there in erlang probably or you could elixir do it in like erlang with past yeah. transforms and whatever but uh, erlang has the 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 issue is that it's built for something very specific yeah and if you do uh, just html generation it was never built for this uh, so mm. it's not not specifically fast fast for this you yeah. can do it you can get it fast enough with biolis and whatever yeah. uh, but um just reading stuff off the database generating some html string is mm. not erlang's strength yeah it was never built for i this. think it's good so, for good for chat applications and things like that you know yeah if you need high parallelism with high concurrency then erlang is perfect i would do all kinds of chats uh, and servers uh, that really need this level of concurrency i would use erlang but yeah. i usually don't build those yeah. applications <laughs> so and then comes closure script and uh, so if you uh, what is your typical stack with closure script closure things i mean what kind of libraries that did did you standardize on the kind of stuff or use uh, i don't know uh, luminous or something Uh, given that I started pretty early after the announcement, yeah. uh, there wasn't much around, so mm. I wrote pretty much all my own stuff, mm. um, which I was used to since I have, ha had done it so many times before, um, and just seemed normal to me to do that. Mm. And uh, I, I closure was around a little bit, a bit longer, so there was. Hiccup, so I, I used that to do the HTML templating for my yeah. uh, client-side stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's not hard to write. So, um, it's, yeah, React wasn't around, so I, I did my own stuff. Yeah. Uh, just uh, the usual DOM manipulation stuff. And uh, yeah, libraries, I think I didn't use any in the beginning. Did you use much kind of like JavaScript interop, or did you? Uh, in, uh, when, when I started, the the app I first ported from Ruby to Clojure still had a pretty significant um, CoffeeScript, oh, okay. uh, CoffeeScript yeah. client side. Yeah. So at first, I used the the client side CoffeeScript, and then I ported, uh, started porting more and more ports uh, parts of it. Yeah. So uh, initially, I did a lot of uh, JavaScript interop. And then eventually it just got to be all closure script. Okay, and and on the server side, like a database related stuff, uh, what what kind of uh, just things? on the Java stuff, so uh, okay. JDBC, okay. Um, uh, Jetty as a server, HTTP uh, server. Yeah. Um, and was it mostly kind of like for for the JavaScript? Was it mostly like form filling and animations and stuff like that, or were you doing these? Single page applications, yeah, the rich internet applications, whatever. Um, both. Yeah. I had uh, the 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 websites were traditional websites, not single page applications, yeah. um, which did the usual jQuery style uh, DOM manipulations, and then the uh, the there was a pretty significant admin site for the uh, CMS mm. and the shops, and. Uh, Those were built in a single-page application style of way, mm. um, so pretty big ball of muds. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did you 
come to Shadow CLJS. So what is the history and why did you build this thing? Uh, and maybe maybe a quick intro about what Shadow CLJS is. Yeah, let's is, go through you know, what it is. Nice as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, Shadow CLJS is a build tool for ClojureScript. So it's, it's just about compiling and bundling the code, yeah. more or less. And uh, I st- it started out as Shadow Build. Mm-hmm. And uh, just because I, the more code I had ported, the more I, uh, uh, my project grew and the, the slower it got to compile. Yeah. And um, I, I, I came to the point that I wanted to do stuff that the uh, closed script compiler couldn't do. Mm-hmm. Um, I knew that the closure, uh, Google Clojure uh, compiler could do it. But uh, ClojureScript at the time had no support for modules, which mm-hmm. is the code splitting. Yeah. And um, I wanted to use that. So I had no other option than uh, looking into how it worked. And um, it's not that hard to make work. And uh, so, uh, yeah, I started writing specifically for modules since I didn't, uh, since ClojureScript itself had no support for it. And that's how it started, basically. So it started in 2013. So it was basically was it, was it a kind of closure script web pack initially? Is that what, <laughs> is uh, that what you're saying? In, it, initially, it was just about modules. Okay. It was just take, taking. Uh, so closure script has two parts to its compilation. First, you need to compile the closure script to JavaScript, mm-hmm. and then uh, the then closure script is basically done. And then the Google Clojure compiler um, is used for bundling stuff together. Right. So, um, and modules basically has nothing to do with ClojureScript. Hmm. It is hmm. not involved in that part. Right. Uh, it's just about taking the JavaScript that the Clojure compiler, um, compiler produced and then uh, copying, uh, um, feeding it in the correct, correct order to the Clojure compiler. Hmm. So, um, it was just the the bridge between the uh, two compilers uh, that I was doing, and uh, so couldn't really compare to Webpack. More more, you could you could have done it with the with the shell script at the time, because the closure compiler has a uh, executable that you can use, and you could can do it with that alone. So, what was the advantage of modules then? What was the thing that motivated you to do? To why why <laughs> um, since no one cares about modules in JavaScript, why did you care about it? Uh, <laughs> my uh, my app was getting too big <laughs> okay. um, because one thing I didn't realize at the time, but I had all my uh, closed script code in um, one folder. So the okay. the admin stuff uh, was in source CLJS, the 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 client side stuff was in there, the shared stuff, everything was in there, and the closure script compiler still to this day uh, compiles everything in that folder. Mm-hmm. So um, and then uh, then uh, advanced optimization is supposed to kick the stuff out you are not using, uh, but it doesn't kick out everything. So my mm-hmm. so my the client side app. The, the 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 thing it's got shipped to the user mm. included most of the admin stuff although they never used it right um. and at the time I thought modules would be nice for this because mm. I I just make a user module and an admin module mm. 
and the admin module never gets loaded by the user, so mm. the JavaScript says more. Yeah. And um, of course, nowadays I just have two different builds, but <laughs> um, at the time I thought modules would be the solution. And um, I still use them for, for other stuff, but in that particular case, it was not a good idea, but it mm -hmm. sounded like a good idea at the time. So the, what, so what, what, what would be the steps that, uh, if you want to integrate this into the closure script uh, compiler chain itself? Do, do you think that is going to be valuable to, to include Shadow CLJS functionality into ClojureScript uh, compiler steps? Uh, I think pretty much everything is supported nowadays. Uh, David okay. Nolan added support for modules Yeah, yeah. some years or two later. Yeah. And um, I think pretty much, well, uh, Shadow CLJS does uh, a lot of stuff very differently than the standard ClojureScript compiler. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the most part, it's just about this bridging between ClojureScript and the Google Closure. It's okay. not about it doesn't do too many modifications to Closure ClojureScript ClojureScript itself. Yeah. So what what would be an example of uh, like a uh, you said some things that are done in ClojureScript are a bit done differently. So what would be the example of it? Uh, what would Shadow CLJS do differently? <laughs> uh, Lots of stuff. Uh, the 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 I guess the biggest difference uh, is the way the namespace form, so NS in every closure script file, yeah. is handled, because um, I do two pass compiles. Uh, this means oh. that I first read the file only the namespace, mm -hmm. um, and then resolve according to uh, what the namespaces are, uh, sort all the files and then compile uh, with parallel compile, mm -hmm. uh, as opposed to the standard closed script compile, which does um, one form at a time, basically. Okay. Um, so closed script is supposed to work like closure. And yeah. closure works by reading one form at a time, compiling it and executing it. Mm. And uh, in closed script, this is not, super useful because you want things to be more static because of the closure compiler, mm -hmm. a Google closure compiler. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's the big difference is how, how the compiler actually does stuff. They And the, resu the result is similar, mm -hmm. but since I control how um, dependencies are resolved, um, mm -hmm. I could uh, do the JavaScript integration completely without the um, modifying anything in ClojureScript itself. So yeah. the support for using NPM uh, directly uh, was done without the compiler knowing. Okay. So given that, um, so you said you're, you're uh, one of the primary motivations to pick up Clojure, ClojureScript is that using the same language across uh, server and, and the client. Um, apart from the data, so how... how or do you take advantage of it? I mean, do you write everything as CLJC and then which kind of features do you share with the common code? Uh, where, where it makes sense, I do use uh, CLJC or CLJX mm -hmm. before that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, not all code needs to be shared. The, the, mm -hmm. the code serving the HTTP requests, serving you're talking to the database. Course. That doesn't need to be shared. So yeah. so it's just uh, closure for those. Mm -hmm. And uh, the client side with, with all the React or DOM stuff is, is just CLJS. Really client side. 
since I can never get used to CLJC because of all the switching you have to do com uh, uh, whether you are in the JVM and can use threads and uh, exceptions and all this stuff or JavaScript which, which has different semantics and everything is async and Hmm. One of the things, so maybe staying on the shadow CLJS, you know, take your point about the motivations. Um, what do you think? I mean, what would you say makes life easier for developers using shadow over like standard vanilla um, CLJS? Uh, so the the big thing, the big big differentiator at this point is the MPN in integration. Hmm. Mm -hmm. um, I just opted to use npm directly. So if you want to use React or any anything else you find on npm, you just npm install mm -hmm. um, the package and use it directly. You don't have to go go through CLJSJS, which is basically just a rebundled npm package, uh, and uh, you don't need to use Webpack or anything. Mm -hmm. You just use the files directly from npm so you get this mm, kind that's... of like in the require you can just say you just do npm install and you can say require you know whatever react or exactly or uh, some kind of request library yeah on the node side yep. yeah okay um the other thing is that 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 i kind of i know that people are impressed with on the project is the documentation stuff that you've done yeah yeah um because that i mean to me I've got to be honest, you know, that like, like you said at the very beginning of this conversation, you know, what is the barrier to using ClojureScript? And it, it has been, I think it's getting better on the ClojureScript side, but like the entry level documentation and getting started part of ClojureScript was absolute torture at the beginning. It's definitely getting better. <laughs> I mean, I think we can all agree on that. But your documentation, yeah. and I think it's yourself and Tony K were doing this, if I'm not wrong, but you've really done a great job. So kudos to you on that. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, so the the big push. Uh, uh, so the the project is old. I, I have been using this for four four and a half years now, and I never wrote any documentation. I basically <laughs> just wrote it wrote it for myself since I had had these issues I wanted to solve. Yeah. And then uh, last year in August, I think. Uh, I I started noticing that other people were interested, mm. and uh, I could do stuff uh, that's are currently hard to do in ClojureScript, and uh, I just need to write documentation. So I started writing uh, some some uh, wiki entries, some examples, and it was just all over the place. I never uh, quite organized it, and then uh, Tony K at one point became interested in uh, in shadow CLJS and wanted to try it for himself and uh, he is uh, uh, for Fulcro mm. he, he wrote the yeah. uh, the documentation yeah. which is fabulous yeah. and um, he just took everything I wrote from all the different places and put it in one document <laughs> so, so uh, and structured it uh, yeah. like he uh, thought would be, would be all right and uh, I just kept working on that after that. But he de definitely did the initial push mm. and uh, organized the stuff. Since I just 
uh, wrote something in wiki and something on my blog and yeah, something yeah. in an, ex an example it was horrible <laughs> <laughs> and the documentation now uh, is still struggle it's still uh, lots left to be do uh, documented but it's much better now yeah. so now it's actually getting usable yeah. <laughs> it's very usable yeah no it's one of the things that i'm really personally very impressed by yeah so if you compare because the you're now building a lot of closure script and closure applications if you compare the a similar kind of experience with uh, Ruby on Rails. Um, so what what would you miss right now? Or do you miss something from Ruby on Rails? Of course, no. you can say, you know, the, the you know, mongrel and whatever. I used to do that shit in, when it was mongrel. So that was a long time ago. <laughs> so so you, you don't miss anything from Ruby at all? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. <laughs> Yeah. Because there is always this this friction online. Uh, uh, whenever you speak to somebody, they're like, "There is no framework in 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 closure closure script." Like, like I don't Rails. care. Uh, <laughs> that's what I like about it. Yeah. <laughs> because um, so I I have been doing this since forever, yeah. uh, especially JavaScript. Yeah. Uh, when I started with JavaScript, there was no jQuery. There was yeah. no uh, Webpack. There was there was there were no tools. So I always had to know the basics. I had to know how everything fit together, how mm. they worked. And um, so I always try to pick my own stuff. Mm. And uh, in, in Ruby on Rails, it was nice to not have to pick your own stuff. So yeah. they gave you everything until it didn't work anymore. <laughs> until you <laughs> wanted to do something that they didn't support out of the box, like talking yeah. to two different databases. Yeah, uh, They did edit it eventually but it was pretty damn annoying to do in the beginning and um, when when you uh, when I came to Java or when I did Java uh, it was the same thing you could mm -hmm. use Spring um, or you could do your own th own stuff and write yeah JSP half, half, or half yeah. the code or so yeah. and um, yeah when I came to Clojure mm -hmm. I just looked at the libraries and I knew, okay, I'm going to going to use Hiccup. I'm going to use uh, Jetty, since that, uh, mm. I knew that. Uh, there was Ring, which looked like, uh, what is it, Rack in, uh, yeah. in, in Ruby. Ruby. Yep. And so that made sense. And uh, yeah, I could just use, uh, Clojure was great because I could use Java libraries that I knew from before. And uh, it worked well enough, or, or there were um, wrappers for, for them. And um, yeah, I could ju could just pick what I wanted because I have been doing this for so long. I know which parts I need. <laughs> Can we? I mean, I just <laughs> I'm just conscious of the fact that you know we really want. I, I personally would like to talk quite a lot about Shadow CLJS. So can we? Uh, yes. Can we go back to that because <laughs> I think that's. I mean, we. It's all like the bullshit about Ruby and blah blah blah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's great we loved it back in the day yeah but we throw it in a bin now so i guess <laughs> yeah so qu just going back to shadow cljs because i think you know i think probably the people uh want to hear a bit more about that um so dependencies um one of the things that's moving on a little bit with um closure script and closure in general is that there's kind of a new style of doing dependencies because you know you're saying npm and stuff like that which is all great. But obviously now with CLJS and CLJ, we've got this uh, depths.eden. Um, now that's just a way of expressing the dependencies. Um, is that something which you are gonna, which you support in Shadow CLJS? How, how is that kind of working there? 
so uh, first of all, npm is horrible. I don't want to use it, <laughs> but the JavaScript, the JavaScript world is using it, so yeah. uh, yeah. we kind of have to. But uh, Debs ED, uh, EDN uh, or Tools Debs is supported. You can just use it. Um, the, the 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 only part that Shadow CLGs needs from that is constructing a class pass. Right, you just right. need to know which jars to load, and you can do this with uh, with lining in, uh, with uh, tool steps, or with Shadow Shadow CLJS itself. Uh, since all it needs is the class pass, yeah. it is basically just a closure library. You can use it with lining in. You can use it as boot, but boot's a little bit bit little bit more complicated. So. Um, The only thing it needs really is the class pass creation, and you can do it use it completely without any tools and just do Java class pass whatever. Okay, so in terms of like the features that are being added to ClojureScript over the recent months, you know, all of those features are kind of available with Shadow CLJS. Uh, you know, I just want to make sure that all the people in the audience kind of know where you are in that respect. You know, how closely are you tracking? The features that are available in the, the core project. Uh, I personally don't think that the new stuff, the uh, CLJS main, I think yeah. you're talking about, yeah. uh, is very useful for closure uh, for Shadow CLJS because Shadow CLJS wants to control or wants to help you write less. So the the configuration part uh, takes care of most of the stuff you need. So you don't have to invoke it via the command line with some weird huge config. Mm. So you the, the the big idea behind uh, Shadow CLJS is uh, making the configuration easier. easier mm. So that um, the browser configs look uh, um, uh, looks different from node configs. So if you are writing a node script, which mm -hmm target node script, um, that's just a script that's going to be executed by node. Mm. It has totally different requirements than a browser build. Mm. And uh, so the, the, the target abstraction in, uh, in, in the configs is about capturing the uh, least amount required for each environment mm. so that you don't have to write too many uh, config Uh, instructions and uh, the the big thing that uh, shadow CLJS does is it unifies the development config with the uh, release config so when you are writing uh, when you're using uh, lean CLJS build mm. or CLJS.main you always have to write two configs mm. one you're using with de development with figwheel and then one for advanced compilation. And what I learned is that about 80% of the configuration is identical. Mm. So why do mm. I have to repeat it twice? So yeah. um, that's the big idea behind the config. Yeah. So all of the tooling, like you say, things like things that are built around um, lining and like FigWheel, etc., uh, they all work nicely with Shadow CLJS? No. Uh, I, It, it does those things itself. Right. So, okay. uh, fake wheel mm. is just for reloading code. Reloading code is not so hard to do. So, I just wrote uh, the code to do it mm. directly built into Shadow CLJS. So, you don't need anything else. Okay. Um, and one big idea is so uh, that you can do ClojureScript without having to learn Lining in, without having to learn 
anything else but Shadow CLJS. All right. And um, so it nowadays does pretty much everything I th I think uh, that Figure does the 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 wrapper, the live reload, uh, um, and it also does everything that Lean CLJS build does. Hmm. If you are doing uh, FigWheel, you need CLJS bit as well. So you need to learn two, two, two different things. Mm. And they happen to share the, the same config syntax, but you still need to learn two things. Uh, and Shadow CLJS is just one solution for everything for the entire pipeline. Mm. Okay. So you can, uh, so technically you can just build your entire application in, in CLJS, like backend and frontend as well, with yeah. the Node.js uh, things. Yeah. Okay. But would you recommend that? I mean, building the whole backend in, in, in Node? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that's just closure. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that sounds like a reasonable start. But, but I think, I mean, I'm, I'm using um, Node.js with CLJS for a command line interface. And, uh, and that really is very nice because um, with Shadow CLJS, you know, I can just use um, these these like uh, you have these watching to uh, file watching capabilities, don't you? So that if you can you can be writing your code and you can be running tests and everything in the background as files change. And I, f I found that yep. very very uh, compelling to be honest as an experience. Yeah, there's uh, so in uh, if you use lining in and uh, or, or or rather the the closure script compiler itself mm. or the 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 part that's that packages the code together. The, the compiler is pretty much identical, but the, the code, uh, outputting the code in the correct order and the correct uh, organization of files is very different depending on the environment you're running in. Hmm. So if you're running in the browser, you have very different requirements than you than when running a node. So hmm. what Shadow CRJS does is the targets express how the code should be packaged together. Hmm. So I can for running the tests, I can package the code differently and uh, n use my knowledge about the compiler uh, um, and the uh, the files that go into it to to feed the uh, the test framework. Since otherwise, with uh, there's do I think uh, in, in lining mm -hmm. in uh, to to run closure script test, you always has to have to create this runner namespace mm -hmm. where you list all the namespaces of your tests. I, I just compile them. I know what they are. Yeah. So I can just uh, inject that code. I basically just generate it. Uh, and then uh, you don't have to write that code. And um, very many tools in ClojureScript uh, try to uh, do things that the build tool should do. And mm. uh, that Shadow just does. So, just, so you have to write less. Mm. And it's just taken care of by the config. Okay, so you mentioned there that there are different stories for like the browser, for Node, for CLI, and you have different targets for that. So is that is that the fundamental kind of configuration process with Shadow CLJS? Yeah, the the basic idea is that the config should express the or should require the least amount of information to make your project work. So for the target Node script. You just specify main, which mm. is just a fully fully quite symbol to your main function. Mm. And you don't uh, need anything else. The, the compiler knows everything from there, mm. or, or you need output too, so to, to know which file to yeah. write. Yeah. But um, after that, the compiler can do the rest, and it can in, 
inject or call the uh, function for you directly. Currently in ClojureScript, if you're using standard standard ClojureScript, you have to write, uh, you have to import, I think, cljs.node.js, and you have to set main clifn and uh, invoke that Mm -hmm. somehow. Um, And the compiler just takes care of that in the config. You don't have to do it in the code. And um, yes, it just turns out to be much less code to write. <laughs> so do you think, just a, a kind of like the other thing is like, what apart from this target thing, what, what do you consider to be the kind of like, let's say the lock-ins or the kind of like, what if you're moving project, let's say you're in a project where the people at that company or that project have chosen Shadow CLGS, and then you move to another project or another company and they're, they're using the vanilla tools, what kind of things have you got, or the other way around, you know, what kind of things have you got to get used to going from one environment to the other? The config, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but from ClojureScript itself, basically nothing. It's it's identical. It's just a standard ClojureScript compiler. It's using the latest version. Mm-hmm. Um, it does some modifications to make external inference, inference a bit better. Uh, but I hope to write a patch for that so it ends up in core eventually. Yeah. And um, it, it's basically the same stuff. The big difference currently is NPM integration. Mm-hmm. Since if you start if you start using many uh, npm packages, this stuff still doesn't work very well in standard uh, closure script. Mm. So uh, you will get into trouble there. But the syntax is identical. So the you, the syntax doesn't need to change at all. And um, yeah, you can basically just use whatever uh, the, the tools the, the the language itself itself stays identical that doesn't change at all okay so that's the, that's the big the big point is that you know you're it's just the like the the configuration tools which are kind of essentially 10 lines of code on your side or 20 lines of code on the standard side so you know it's just a matter of getting used to that or getting the other thing is like the two thing like you say you've got the fig wheel versus the the shadow tools and your REPL, I guess, is a bit different from the other REPLs? Uh, it's it's still NREPL. It still behaves the same. But most tools are used to Liningen and expect you to use Liningen, mm. which I expect is going to change due to uh, tool steps. Uh, but currently, most tools are built for Liningen, so you have to jump to through, uh, through a few hoops mm. to make everything work. But... After that, it's the same rep. Right. Well, the big, big, big difference is, I guess, uh, that Shadow CLJS supports running multiple builds in parallel, and you can switch between them in the REPL without stopping the build. And I think Figwheel can do that. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, but beyond that, it's just a normal NREPL server. Right. But when would you not recommend using Shadow CLJS? <laughs> Never. <laughs> <laughs> so like this is the only yeah. thing that you need <laughs> that's nice. the whole idea yeah, yeah of course full, yeah. Full. so so you say you're making some patches to certain things to go back into the core is i mean what's your kind of uh, i mean i guess that some of the core people you know look at the tools that you're doing and you know the sort of changes that you're making and would like it to contribute is that i mean what's your history with the core team i mean are, are you have you tried to contribute things before or what's the story there? <laughs> uh, so if you... i have to try it uh, i have tried 
very many times. Uh, actually, some of the features uh, you see today are from me. Uh, but the, the the big thing for me is I, I, I wrote the tool for me in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I, I had problems I needed to solve. Yeah. And uh, getting things into core takes time. Sure. Writing the patches takes time. Yeah. And not everything I, I, uh, I thought about turned out to be a good idea. <laughs> so it's good that those things didn't end up in core. <laughs> but um, it's basically just a time question. Do I have the time to create the patch and get the thing in? Yeah. Um, most of the time, it's simply not required because it's just about uh, stitching things things together with a closure compiler, mm. a Google closure compiler. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, the the external inference work I did, um, I think it's useful thing to do, and uh, it it makes it easier uh, to use. Mm. Since currently you have to type hint with an with an object type or with a class, so you need to know the the class of JavaScript objects, uh, which is when you are trying to type hint React or any other NPN library is pretty tedious, mm. and all you need is a JS type hint. You don't need to know the class, mm. and so so the extens inference is much easier easier to use, I think, and much more reliable as well. Mm. And that's uh, I, yeah, it's a pretty big change, uh, pretty big change uh, uh, in the core algorithm for this. So uh, writing a page and the proposal why I'm doing that is taking time. Right, that's right. why it takes time. Yeah, sure. But several features. So the 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 first thing I uh, first big thing I, I wanted or I implemented in Shadow Build or Shadow CLJS um, was the way you use macros today. Mm. Mm -hmm. uh, previously, you always had to do require macros or, yeah, or refer yeah. macros. Mm -hmm. This was pretty annoying. Yeah. And um, I found a way or implemented a way so that you can just use a refer. So you don't need to know if you are using a macro or a function and you just use refer. Right. And um, the compiler can figure, can figure out the rest. Mm. This this trick was uh, the... the CLJS namespace requiring itself via require macros so that the compiler can extract which macros uh, the, the namespace provides so that it can do the right thing at the right mm -hmm. time. But that is one patch that I never wrote. I, I wrote the, the proposal. I, I, I documented how I did it, mm -hmm. but I did it in Shadow Build and Shadow Build was very very different at the time at the time or still is uh, so writing a patch from my implementation was pretty much impossible and i just wrote down how, how i did it and i i think mike fikes finally implemented it right. or david mm -hmm. nolan uh, both um but it took a year or so longer than i already had it yeah and yeah several so, other things one of the things that you talk about is the warning tracking what exactly is that one it's a better warning tracker uh, so it's mostly about uh, cache invalidation, I guess. Okay. In in li uh, lean CLJS build or in uh, Figwheel, they don't uh, they don't cache very much. But when they do, they don't show warnings again. Uh, mm. If you if you compile a file that has warnings and use cache, if you comp if you start the compile again, you won't see the warning since okay. you used yeah, the cache. Yeah. 
And Shadow CIJS doesn't cache files which had warnings. Okay. So it just prohibits the cache, so you always see the warning, and I remind it to fix it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if you're looking at the um, uh, closure script development, I mean, what are the pain points that you see? Because you, you extended the compiler, of course, there are all these things that you wanted to have, integration with NPM modules, etc. But in normal development, I mean, what kind of pain points that, that you still think are there? I guess the fan favorite of error messages, which <laughs> yeah. which are bad, <laughs> could be better. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I tried to do my best to to fix most yeah. of them, but it's 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 really hard writing good error messages, <laughs> and uh, it, not everyone requires the same error message. A total yeah. beginner needs more guidance than someone someone more experienced. And uh, someone more experienced might even be more distracted uh, by all the extra information. Mm. And um, it's really hard finding the balance, but it's also a whole lot of work actually doing them since since you basically have to do the work for every single error. Mm. And sometimes beginners make mistakes that I never made. <laughs> so so I one, one thing is when I use the REPL, I yeah. always use cursive. And it's pretty much, since I'm using Pyrodid, it's pretty much impossible to have imbalanced uh, yeah. parents. Yeah. And then uh, someone started using uh, Shadow CJS and complained mm. that the rapper crashed every time he tried to use it. <laughs> but it was just about uh, unbalanced parentheses. So, ah. so he just, I never noticed this <laughs> <Yeah>. because it <laughs> yeah. was, uh, Cursive just doesn't allow me to send that. And, um, so I didn't uh, didn't anticipate that error. So the error was pretty horrible, <laughs> yeah. and uh, that's that's the deal with error messages. You have to account for pretty much everything a user is trying to do, and, and, for, uh, and for every level. Yeah, and yeah. that's that's hard. It's a lot yeah. of work, yeah, and uh, not so easy to fix. Yeah, I mean that this is this kind of a, as you said, like a, one of the hot button topics, like you know, talking about error messages and yeah. and. I think you know, uh, as you have plenty of experience in Java as well. We have we are used to stack traces, and yeah. and and the the thing is, they look ugly, but they're very, uh, I think, usable. Okay, that's a strange word to use, but <laughs> at least you know, you know, uh, how to dig through this thing. They they look very ugly, of course. They're not beginner friendly or anything, but they give enough information for the you know, advanced practitioner or whatever you know user. To, to dig through the, the the whole chain and then see where exactly the error is, I think yeah, after some time you become very blind to oh, this is this this is ugly or you, you, that doesn't even come to you. Yeah, but but if you're a beginner and you see this two hundred <laughs> line stack trace dump, they are intimidating. You yeah, have yeah. no idea what any of it means. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and uh, so I, I try my hardest to never show them. Yeah. Since most of the time they are not useful in the error itself, the message is enough. Yeah. Uh, or showing just showing the location of the error yeah. and just underlying what's wrong is most most of the times good enough. Yeah. 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 Uh, but sometimes the stack trace is required and useful, but it's still exactly. hard. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it is the same. I know it can be applied to every sort of uh, programming issue, right? Because it. It's not just one dimension that we are looking at, whether they are they are looking good or whether they are you know informative or not. It's also, as you pointed out, the the user experience and how much experience the user has. Like yeah. if I'm a beginner, then I wouldn't want like whole thing. I would like okay, go and fix this sort of message. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's easy for me. 
But as an advanced user, I'll be like, okay, I want to dig into every possible thread that is running right now. You know, I want to see yeah. which one is, uh, you know, that's an interesting uh, idea. So um, what, what are your favorite Clojure features coming from, you know, uh, from Clojure script or Clojure? Uh, the syntax itself. I, <laughs> so initially, you said syntax was the most tricky point yeah. <laughs> for you to get it. <laughs> After it finally clicked yeah, and yeah. Uh, made yeah. sense, it's just, I can't write code without it anymore. It's, <laughs> when I write Java, I always place the parents on the wrong side. And uh, yeah. the the indentation, if you, if you write an if or uh, anything, Deeply nested is is horrible in Java yeah. uh, or any other language, yeah. and um, so I guess the main selling point for me is just the syntax, yeah, yeah. Right? and of course the data structures and all of that. But the the syntax itself, just um, I can write HTML via hiccup, mm. I can write uh, CSS, I can write pretty much SQL, yeah, SQL, pretty pretty much everything mm. fits this this syntax. Yeah, it's just that's just a killer feature for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's it's. Uh, I've been playing a bit with Python recently for the data science stuff. I mean, every time I type Python code, I feel like I need to wash my hands. I mean, <laughs> like there is so much of uh, and, and the mutability everywhere, and then just just assigning variables and changing them left and right. I'm like, God damn it, what the fuck am I doing? It's so yeah, it, or, it feels or dirty. If you look at uh, what the JavaScript world is doing with React and JSX. Hmm. Yeah. It just looks horrible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, whenever I look at the npm library and try to figure out what's going on, I th see this garbage <laughs> syntax, and it just doesn't make sense. And it's so much less code to write if you just use uh, closure or yeah. s expressions. That's true. And, yeah. <laughs> also, it's consistently it grows consistently as well. Whereas, like the way that yes. JavaScript grows is. Just wildly different from version to version, I think. You know, I mean, this there's suddenly all these arrow functions, all these dot dot dots, and all these other wacky bits and pieces that are coming into the language. Um, I think someone did a did a like a spoof, didn't they, of saying, "Oh, look at look at this um, look at this functional programming language stuff," and all the JavaScript developers were like, "Oh God, oh my God, no wonder we love JavaScript. Look at this shit. It's terrible." No, 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 that is JavaScript. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Shit. Okay. I saw that. <laughs> yeah. You know. So yeah. yeah but 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 that that's one of the advantages of the syntax itself is that you can write micros to do all the stuff that uh, JavaScript needs to do or needs to, needs to introduce new syntax for. Yes. You mm. can just do it in a macro. Yes. Yeah. Solved. <laughs> so, uh, what what are your plans for Shadow CLJS next? <laughs> Basically, everything, <laughs> everything you can think of. Uh, uh, I want to definitely build a, a React Native mm -hmm. uh, target support. Oh, okay. Since that's a bit too... I, it seems harder than it should be currently mm -hmm. to use React Native. Mm -hmm. um, then I, want, I, I really want to build a UI so that you don't have to do everything at the command line. Mm -hmm. Command okay. line is great if you want automation, if you want mm -hmm. uh, yeah. to script your release tasks or um, whatever. But for, for, for development, it's horrible. Mm -hmm. If you want to uh, start uh, uh, two builds, run uh, the REPL into one thing, and then the run, run your tests 
And all the commands you have to memorize for this, this is just annoying. Mm, yeah. uh, if you just can uh, have a UI, click a button, and it runs for you, mm. uh, first of all, you get way more information because displaying it in a terminal in a text is just limited. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, the when, when you have a UI or HTML UI, uh, so single-page app, mm -hmm. um, you just get way more information faster mm. and way more visually but is it something nice. you want to integrate into your HUD, the the HUD that you have in Shadow CLGS, like heads up display, or is it something uh, going to be a separate tool? I think it's going to be standalone. Okay. Uh, I, I I thought about though, uh, it's pretty simple to inject the wrapper into your page, hmm. so mm -hmm. that you have a prompt at the bottom and just type and evolve it directly without having to go to the terminal. Yeah. That's pretty easy to do. The the yeah. problem is, you inject it into your page. So your mm -hmm. code suddenly has to run whatever technology you used to do to do that. So even if you don't re use React, the injected thing would use React. Yeah. So I really don't want to do that. And it's also not very user-friendly if you compile suddenly compile thousands of files extra that your build is, n is not using at all. And mm -hmm. uh, so the... The one idea I have is for um, doing a Chrome extension. So you, okay. so you have it side by side. That's nice. Or just uh, have a, a standard web interface where you have two tabs open next to yeah. each other and just can see the the compiler, compile errors, um, basic information, documentation lookups, yeah. all, all this kind of stuff you can display. Uh, you can't really display in the terminal, but you can display in a browser. Yeah. And um, yeah, I think there would be many useful things that you can display. And the one thing I, I really want, what is a lot of work, mm -hmm. uh, would be to have a configuration editor so that you don't oh. have to memorize all this stuff, uh, what, what the keys were and mm -hmm. in which mm -hmm. place. And so it, you just click, I want to build for the browser. I want yeah. to build this output file in this directory. And this is my namespace. Mm -hmm. with, with since it can read the file system, uh, it just knows the namespaces and just can autocomplete it for you. Yeah, and that's just not stuff you can do in the uh, standard terminal or editor. So that would be like an app served by Shadow CLGS backend. And then you would you would right. get the, you would so, feed uh, the like do an API call to Shadow CLGS to update the config file, for example. Right. Yeah. So, so currently, if you run Shadow CLJS server, it already starts a web interface, which doesn't do much currently. But um, yeah, the idea is that you have a web UI you can open mm. and uh, click around in, and instead of doing everything at the terminal. Okay. It's there, there are useful things in the terminal. So the release automation for continuous integration yeah, perfect, and all of yeah, that. Yeah. You definitely want, yeah. the, want the command line. Yeah. Mm. But during development, we can do way better than that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like you say, you need you need all of the bits and pieces so that you can go off, you, you can persist it, and have the CLI run it. But that doesn't. Yes. But you shouldn't have to interact with all that kind of stuff through some like crappy editor that people like. <laughs> yeah, you you can you can totally uh, do it, and if you know what you're doing, uh, that that's probably faster than clicking mm, through the yeah, UI. Sure, sure, of course, of course. But yeah. for a beginner that doesn't know which key goes where, which yeah. all, all the stuff, the, the the web interface could just show all the information. 
Just just yeah. show which namespaces are there, even let you inspect the namespaces, browse the documentation, and all this stuff. Mm. So the, mm. you can display just way more information that way. And um, not everything has to be done at the wrapper. Yeah. yeah. So a final question about Shadow CLJS. Um, maybe this should have been the first question. I mean, <laughs> so what, what, is the, <laughs> what is the name? I mean, like, why did you pick Shadow CLJS? Uh, naming is hard. <laughs> <laughs> and the uh, when I came to uh, closure, the very uh, closure script, the very first namespace I needed, or n- very first namespace I wrote, uh, was DOM stuff. Since I used yeah. to used to use jQuery and did a lot of DOM, uh, DOM uh, uh, the pre-React days. Yeah. Um, and at the time, the new standard that was an, uh, was announced was Shadow mm, Dom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. very creatively, <laughs> creatively, I named the the namespace Shadow Dom, and that's where the name stuck. Uh, so okay, so right. the, the the library was called Shadow. Yeah, uh, and it had a namespace Shadow Dom. Yeah, and. Uh, the shadow just stuck around. So I initially it was called shadow build because it was meant to build my shadow builds. So okay, <laughs> ah. I was trying. I, I was trying really hard trying to understand what exactly shadow is, because I, I remember like you know in in my native tongue there is like a second grade detective novels and the guy was named a shadow. <laughs> it's like, no, it's, it's totally like a totally James Bond like character or something. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's really just about naming is hard. Seeing my own name in every namespace was annoying me. Yeah. So uh, I, the library I, I wrote, since I used, wanted to use it in, an, in a different project, yeah. needed a common name. And yeah. the thing was, the, the, the big thing that everyone uh, thought was to be the future <laughs> uh, was shadow uh, web components yeah, with, yeah. with uh, Shadow DOM. Yeah. Yeah. And um, yeah, that never happened, but the name stuck around. So. But- but now you have an opportunity to come up with a very cool backstory. Yeah, you know, yeah. just, just rewrite the history and then come up with an amazing story. <laughs> I thought it was because you were shadowing CL- CLGS. That, that's as what well, I thought. You, know? <laughs> no? I, you can see it that way. Yeah. I think the, in a way, it that's is. the backstory. So that's the backstory that you want to give out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll it help fo- you it with follows your the CLJS like a shadow. Yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, so um, I think bef- uh, before we uh, uh, go offline, uh, maybe a quick uh, uh, roundup on what is happening around, because there, there is a lot of noise about GraalVM and uh, people building native images and all that stuff. So wh- what is your opinion about that one? <laughs> I like it, but it's, for, for ClojureScript itself, it's basically not very useful yeah. yet. Uh, the the, the Big thing is uh, that's that's interesting is uh, compiling the JavaScript to run in Graal instead of Node, mm-hmm. which gives yeah. you access uh, gives you access to all of the JVM. So if you want to use threads in JavaScript, you can do that with Graal. Uh, that's nice, uh, but I'm not. Uh, when I'm at that point, I might as well write closure. Mm-hmm. So what, what's the point of using closure script? Uh, closure script then. Mm-hmm. Um, the the idea that's interesting for or would be interesting for Shadow CLJS itself is I do a lot of interop with uh, with Node, mm. so yeah. via uh, Babel or any other uh, Node library. Mm-hmm. And currently, I have to start a Node process for that and talk to it via TCP/IP. And um, 
that's pretty annoying. So it would be nice if I could just launch a node context uh, in the JVM and uh, have access to all the code mm. still mm. without having to leave the JVM. That would be nice. But beyond that, it's not super exciting. Yeah. Interesting from a language design standpoint, yeah. but it doesn't provide anything I don't I, I really need currently. <laughs> I'm actually curious about the the polyglotness of it because they said there is no uh, you know you can use the same uh, not the same but you can use multiple languages and then share the code pretty quickly or in a, in a nice way or something. But this is the same shit that .NET was talking about. You can write everything in 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 one language and then you can write something else in a different language. And but one of the things that I think for the closure side would be the native image thing. I think uh, to to make the startup time way less when you're running in a production mode. I think that is one thing that I could see as a potentially interesting uh, side, I think. But usually that's not a big problem because you just start it up and you're done. And once it warms up and, and you don't need to care about it, I think. Uh, right. The, yeah. So the uh, people always complain about startup time. It's yeah. always too slow. And if I start something once a month or so, yeah, I, I don't care what startup time. Yeah, Even exactly. if I start only started once per day or so, I mm. don't care mm. if it take, takes ten seconds or one. This yeah. is not relevant. Yeah. Uh, if you write uh, um, command line applications, yeah. you, like like the Node world does a lot, mm -hmm. um, you want those to start fast. Yeah. But I already ca already can use ClojureScript for that. Yeah. And um, very uh, uh, a lot of the dynamic stuff that Clojure does won't work with a native image. Mm, yeah, so if you have any dynamic require or any any of the dynamic stuff, basically, anything mm. that makes closure great, yeah. uh, it, it won't work with a native image. Yeah. So if you want to heavily optimize your your code that basically has the same limitations that script has due to the Google Clojure compiler, mm. you can use native image. But... Why would I give up that power? It seems to me as well that I, I mean, on a personal level, I would much rather go for a much more live coding environment than a, than a fast startup time. You know, of the two things, mm. I would, I, I don't give a shit about startup time, but I do care about mm. the live programming environment. You know, that's something which closure and functional programming yeah. should be all about, you know, because it's a killer feature of, of what we do, really, you know. Startup yeah. time is meh, you know. And like you said, if yeah. we're using ClojureScript for CLIs, they go super fast anywhere. 100 milliseconds is slow for those people, and it's fast for the JVM. So, you know, who cares, yeah. you know? <laughs> I'm sorry, I, I, yeah. I'm really struggling to get excited about it, you know? I mean, I see that people, <laughs> yeah. you know, have made these native images and they go fast, but I'm like, well, yeah, but we could do that three years ago with Node, so... Mm. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. it's also the, the native images uh, are linked to your libraries in your system, mm. so mm. you can't just copy it to another system and expect exactly. it to run. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And uh, so it, it has all kinds of limitations. It is it is super interesting from a language standpoint. The the, the implementation they did it's mm. super interesting. But uh, for for me, I'm only writing um, closure and some Java. And uh, ClojureScript. So I don't want to write JavaScript. Why do I need support <laughs> for using it directly? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I already can use 
uh, JavaScript directly mm. Uh, mm. via npm or whatever. I, uh, the the interop between ClojureScript and JavaScript is great. Same for Java yeah, and yeah. Uh, Clojure. Yeah. And um, sure, if you have uh, something um, machine learning or uh, some other uh, toolkits where Python is uh, Python is very um, popular, yeah. then that might be useful for, for you. Mm. But uh, for the stuff I'm writing, it's not mm. interesting. I think there's a um... You know, like you said, VJ, it's a bit of a CLR play by uh, by Oracle. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, th to me, there's like there's a bunch of things interesting about it from an academic academic perspective in terms of like what does it do for Hotspot and the infrastructure of the JVM. You know, but mm. but that's kind of like it's super academic. You know, at this point for us. Yeah. Um, but also um, this whole notion, though, that that you you get the performance you pay for, sucks yeah. ass. You know. I think the the, the com community edition and the enterprise edition for a VM are like, oh, come on, this is this is just that bullshit. Just sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want it, you know, twenty four times faster, just pay us more money and we'll make it faster. <laughs> like, sure, yeah, okay. That, I that mean, sounds like an interesting they should idea. Burn in hell yeah. for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, on that bombshell. <laughs> um, <laughs> So we're almost at the end of the episode. Uh, thanks a lot, uh, Thomas, for joining us and um, taking us through the shadows. Of, uh, the dark side of closure script. <laughs> the dark side of C. <laughs> the samurai swordsman. Um, <laughs> exactly, and and as you know, you know we've we've been uh, doing this as a uh, live as well, and a couple of comments from Jasek. Hey, uh, I apologize for uh, not pronouncing your name correctly, and he says. Great error messages in Shadows ELJS. So, you know, th that's a big, uh, um, I think, a nice uh, recognition of your struggle to find the right error messages for people. And um, uh, so to, to wrap up, um, maybe a quick uh, review of what happened. So we had Dutch Closure Day, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, so it was, uh, I think, if I'm a bit biased, well, I'm a bit biased. It, it's been a really nice conference. We had a lot of fun. Uh, all the videos are up. Uh, we tweeted, I think, at some point. Uh, we hopefully want to run this thing again uh, next year as well. Can um, I just interrupt there and, for a second, Vijay? Sure. And, and sort sure. of, and you're a very modest person, and you know, but you do a lot of work for this conference, and it's all like you know, voluntarily. Um, time is all completely voluntary, and and everyone at that conference had a superb time. The food was great. The sessions were great. The speakers were great. The organization was awesome. And I think, you know, we like as a community, I think you and your colleagues did an absolutely fantastic job for us. So round of applause. We'll get wow yeah, we'll get, yeah, we'll sure. get wild at the stick some uh, applause in at this point because you, you guys yes, did a yes. great I mean job. it's obviously yeah. not just uh, not it's just, not my just work, you, but, it's also Carlo but you did do and, a great you, you did a lot of the announcing and I know that you did a lot of the backroom work. So kudos yeah, to you. I was the the show money, <laughs> yes. <laughs> So that was uh, that was really fun, um, and uh, of course, I mean we're on Patreon. So if you think uh, we're doing some good stuff, uh, send us money so we can retire <laughs> soon. Um, <laughs> and um, I think that's it uh, from us. And uh, again, once again, uh, thanks a lot, uh, Thomas, for taking your time on Sunday and then uh, explaining uh, a lot of things that um, uh, about about the project. And I hope uh, I know you'll continue to do all the great work and release your fancy uh, UI for Shadow CLS. Yeah, I'm looking soon. forward to it. Yeah, th thanks for having me. It was brilliant. Thank thanks, you. Thomas. It was a lot of fun. Bye bye. Bye.